0: Download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up listeners? Looking for incredible woodwork for your home office of business? Or maybe you're looking to upgrade the look of your home with custom woodcrafted accents? Well look no further than Love Carpentry. They can provide a plethora of services for your home improvement. Home decor, office, and business needs. From custom door or wall signs, storage chests, even custom cutting boards, whatever you desire. So give Love It Carpentry a shot at your upcoming project. Love It Carpentry, the reaction is in the name. Now back to the show. Welcome to Hoopers Unhailed, a capital flavor production. In partnership with 265 Media.
1: Small handheld electronic devices must be placed in airplane mode. By the time, i goes crash next time I call Hey, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, from your flight deck, we'd like to welcome to American Airlines 1962 now for the uh, Theater Pittsburgh International Airport. Just in the final process of closing the cargo doors, once that close we'll be underway. Welcome to Pittsburgh, where the local time is 9.02 p.m. Please remain seated with your seatbelt fast until the seatbelt sign is turned off. Keep the aisles clear of all carry on items. In effort to create more space between customers on board the aircraft, we roll the plane a few rows at a time, starting from the front of the aircraft to the back. We ask everyone to remain seated until the row in front of you has cleared to prevent crowding in the aisles. Take a moment to check your seat box pocket for any personal items, like tablets and cell phones. To help keep our cabin clean, please take any remaining waste items so if you
0: would place them in the trash bin as you exit the aircraft go inside the terminal what up what it is what's poppin it's your boy k dot and i'm back with another episode of hoopers Unhail. i just landed in pittsburgh pa that's right i'm in a country but I'm not here to talk football. I'm here to talk to her. Ashley Battle, the former Yukon Husky and former New York Liberty, gives us an inside scoop on how she grew up and how she came about within the WNBA and life after the WNBA. Oh, she has one crazy ill hoop story you just can't miss. So, as I always say, sit back, relax, enjoy, and here's Hoopers Unhailed coming at you. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Hooper's Unhailed. I am your host, K-Dot. And I have a very, very special guest with me today. I have Ashley Battle. Ashley, how you doing?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I am doing wonderful. So once again, I truly thank you for uh, allowing me to... uh, you know, have you on. And so you can share your story. Um, You have a a fascinating story, um, you know, from, you know, your childhood to your professional career, and then, uh, you know, catapulting your career after basketball um, into corporate America. So I can't wait to, uh, you know, listen to more, more of that uh, with your story. So the first thing that I want to just jump right into right is what I call humble beginnings and just tell us, you know, about, you know, your childhood and then we'll, you know, just get into a timeline and how you became pro and, you know, we'll go from there. So when did you first, you know, figure out your love for the game and, you know, how did that help you get to,
1: you know, your professional career? I mean, that's a, that's an extremely loaded question. So, <laughs> uh, um, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I grew up in Manchester where, you know, in the fifth grade, I guess, I guess the love for the game kind of started pretty early on. You know, Um I, remember playing with my aunts and my family and you know just they would just beat me up all the time because I was smaller than them so my aunts would literally take me to the park and just Charles Barkley bully ball me all the time and you know when I um and they I I would say that this wasn't basketball but they would be like well if it will stop it like you can't stop it if it's not basketball so uh so for me it was a lot of um, you know just playing and getting stronger because they never let me beat never let me win at anything whether it was it could be anything from card games to you know pick up sticks i mean connect four i mean i really had to work for everything i got in in, in the in the battle household um but when i i had a growth spurt between 4th and 5th grade where i was i wore the same size same size shoe that i wear now which is a 10 and a half in men and a 12 women's and I was about uh 5'8. And so after that, you know, my mom and my aunts, they're all like five five-ish. So I was like, well, you can't beat me now. So in the, in the fifth grade, <laughs> I, in the fifth grade, I was um, you know, pretty talented and I would play. I was the only girl on the all-boys uh basketball team at Manchester Elementary. Uh there we I started playing AAU. Uh, we played in a tournament and somebody was like hey you're pretty good you should play aau and i had no clue what that was you know it wasn't really something that was necessarily previewed in the african-american you know community during that time uh-huh. um so i every day i would ask my fifth grade basketball coach like hey is it time is it time is it time can i go and it would be like in december i would be asking him this question They'd be like you can't go until march You know, it's like a long, it's like a long time away. Uh, so he took me to my first practice, and there I met a AAU coach and some and some teammates. Where I got the nickname AB, and that's where that kind of started from. Um, you know, and my my AAU team was like really good at like a really early age. So we won. nationals as 12 year olds. Uh, we came in third place in the nation, you know, the like three consecutive years after that. So I, my first letter was in the seventh grade. So I knew early on that I would at minimum get a college scholarship to play basketball. I just didn't know where I would get a scholarship, where it would be. Uh, um. So, you know, again around that time when i was thinking about going to high school and when i was growing up you know pittsburgh was pretty bad at the time there was a lot of gang violence and and one of my in my neighborhood was you know uh was a segment of the city where gang violence was prevalent mm-hmm. but that, but that's where all where they hung out was where all the great basketball games were so like there was just a lot of different um leagues that would come in my neighborhood and play. And then, you know, all of the all of the people who, you know, may have been up to no good were also really talented at basketball. So I would go, there was a few of us that kind of grew up together and we would go around the courts and play. Um, but the one thing that would I would say that's really cool about the people in my neighborhood is that, you know, they protected us from everything. It didn't matter if you were in that world or not in that world you know the people who are in that world protected us from that world because they knew that there was a handful of us that were just it just wasn't in the cards for us and they knew that and they just wanted to protect us from all the riffraff that was going on so if anybody outside in the neighborhood would pick on us they would intervene you know and to this day you know I've had people who come up to me who has uh been in jail for a long time and they're like hey you know you playing on tv got me through my time you know so it was and i'm grateful to have been able to do that to help the help their time be easier you know so um i ended up going to a private school in west virginia called lindsley and what made i didn't know i was going to go there it just kind of randomly happened um i took the admissions test in the seventh grade where I could have went there and I was just like, no, because it was a boarding school. So I'd had to move away from home. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to wear a skirt. I didn't want to do any anything that required leaving. Eighth grade took the admissions test. Going to the ninth grade, took the admissions test. And my mom was just like, Look, if you don't if you don't like it, you can always come home. You're not, you know, stuck there. And that really made a lot of sense to me. And I was like, Oh, you know what? You're right. Like I I don't have to stay there so I went down there the day of orientation and they were just as shocked as everybody else like oh you decided to come uh and so I didn't have anything with me like it's a boarding school so you need like it's like moving into college pretty much so you need bed linen you know you need towels you need toiletries like all the things that you need to go to college I needed I needed it for high school um and I didn't go there for basketball, you know. I think there's a big misconception, at least around this area where people think I was recruited to go there, and that wasn't the case. Um I went on my own merit and mainly for academic purposes because the basketball team wasn't really that great. Okay. Um and yeah, so I uh, you know, went played AAU, continue to play AAU. My um I got letters from pretty much every school in the nation except for Tennessee and North Carolina. Um, UConn, WNBA, (laughs) three national championships at UConn, uh, you know, Defensive Player of the Year, four Final Final Fours in five years. I mean, I had a really good run at it.
0: So tell me how you met uh, Diana Tarazi. Now, I am assuming you met uh, Diana kind of like, you know, during your AAU stretches um before you guys um you know went went on that amazing run at UConn?
1: Yeah, so I've known Diana since we were about 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Um so again, just like you said, uh AAU days, we were, you know, she was the respective best player on her team. I was one of the best better players on my team. We played against each other and you know, we had some really epic games um, back then, and she would call me, you know, when it, when we were older and deciding what schools we were going to go to, she would call my dorm room. It would be like 1 in the morning, though, cause, you know, but she wasn't really like – she kept forget, forgetting I'm on the East Coast and the time change is, is, is mightily. So uh, she would just call and be like, hey, you know, come to Yukon, We could make history. You got to come. You got to come. Um, and, you know, by the end of the day, once I did all my checks and balances and everything like that, it was, it was a great place for me to go to. So I was able to, you know, play with her for, for four years, um, and, you know, compete and have fun, you know, in practice and compete in the WNBA as well.
0: That's awesome. So I, I want to kind of get in, get into a segment that I call ill Stories, right, and more, more in particular. Um, I, I'm pretty sure you have some some great stories, you know, during your days at UConn um, and during your days, you know, playing for the for the W. So, can you just tell me, like, one amazing, funny, or one of the craziest uh, things that you experienced? You know, during your time at UConn, or or maybe you know during your time in, in the league, because I know um, you played, of course, for the the New York Liberty, um, and I believe um, the uh, Silver Stars. Um, so, do you have like one like crazy story that 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 you can tell uh, myself and the viewers that's like ultimately? Kind of like one of the funniest things, or just one of the craziest things. So, do you have one of those?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I have a I have a really funny story. Um, that happened when I played pro, uh, and and I this is when um my teammate, two of my other teammates, and I ran into some pretty heavy hitters celebrities, <laughs> and I'll get into I'll get into who they were as the story goes along. Okay. So, so um, you know, playing playing for the Liberty, you kind of have some access, you have access to go to different concerts and go to different things. And um, at this time, Kanye West is having a concert at the garden. And so uh, two of my teammates and I, so there's three, three of us who went to the concert and um, we're leaving the concert and my teammate, she didn't want to go. She said, "I didn't want to go out with Gen Pop." And now uh, it took me forever to like realize that <laughs> that Gen Pop was like general population. Like if you're in jail and you're like following the crew and stuff like that, right. I was like, I was. It took me years to figure out like what is Gen Pop? You know, I'm like, I'm, like I have no idea what this is. So, um, you know, so we're like going against a grain to get to like the service elevator
0: uh-huh.
1: because if you if you go in the garden, there's like this elevator. And it's still there to this day, but uh, the the inside of the garden is kind of different. Uh, they remodeled it a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, so like where this elevator was, you have to like go by our locker room. The elevator would be right there and it would take you down to the employee entrance. And where we were parked, it was like right near the employee entrance. And if you've seen Madison Square Garden or have been in Madison Square Garden, like all of the traffic, if you're leaving, takes you out to... Um, to seventh avenue where we wanted to go was on eighth avenue so and it's a huge long new york block to go from seventh to eighth but it really isn't that big of a deal you know to go from seventh to eighth right it's it's like it's one block it's like not that big of a deal but so she but if you leave out of the one side you end up on eighth avenue and that's what she wanted to do so we're like going against the grain we're getting stopped along the way, you know, by security. And we're just like, oh, we work here, you know, play for the liberty. So we finally get to the door by our locker room. And, you know, of course they don't want to let us in. So we're like, you know, we finally finagle our way to get get in. And um as we're walking in, you hear somebody that's like, oh shit, this concert's dope. Ah! And so the way that the hallway is looks it's like you walk there's some pictures along the wall there's a, a door if this is all on your right side the left side has like nothing on it so you're walking and it's like pictures are on the wall you walk there's a door and then you continue walking there's another door okay so there's two doors both doors kind of lead to the same place it's just two different entries okay so so we're so my two teammates are like looking along the wall like oh look it's our pictures yeah 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 and i'm like standing there and i'm like hey guys there's beyonce and so like but they don't hear me say that but and i'm like super calm so i'm just like hey there's beyonce <laughs> and so they they're just like whatever cuz they have no idea that i said that so as we're approaching the the first door you hear what i just said oh this concert was dope oh. and so my teammate was just like who is that being all extra? Like, ain't nobody extra like that in New York. And it goes completely quiet.
0: Oh, it gets,
1: it gets completely quiet. And now like we approach the door and we look in the doorway. It's Diddy, Hove and Kanye. (laughs) And, And I'm like, huh? Like, I'm just like, like, huh? Isn't that something? Like, you know what I mean? And so, and, the, and my teammate, she was like, oh, it's ditty. And then she was like, oh, shit, it's ho. <laughs> like that. And, and then he's like, like oh, fuck, I got to go. Excuse my French. He's just like, oh, I got to leave. And so she's like beyond herself and is just like, you know, my name is, uh, like trying to shake his hand and stuff like that. So he like shakes her hand and he's like walking out. So my two teammates, they then, like, proceed to, like, follow him out. Because, again, we're all going to the service elevator. Right. Y- you know what I mean? Like, like this is the way to, like, leave the garden if, if you can leave this way. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it, meanwhile, Beyonce's still standing right there. And so I go over to her, and I'm just like, hi. You know, like, I like your music. You know, would you mind um, – you know, if we could take a picture and stuff like that. And so her uh security guard, who I believe is still her security guard to this day, was just like, No pictures, no pictures. And she's like, No, it's okay, it's fine. She's like, As long as I don't get as long as I don't get left. And I'm like, look, we gotta escalate. We don't have a Maybach, we'll take you wherever you need to go. Like, wherever you need to go, we'll take you. Cause Jay Z is out. And he's like, I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> You know what I mean, and so she's like just standing there like, "Hey, what's going? you know so then my teammates realize like I am not with them, <laughs> and so like i'm I'm like steadily having a conversation with beyonce and and my one teammate, the other teammate she is is a huge Beyonce fan, so she realizes like I'm talking to beyonce, she like her knees buckle, she falls into my teammate, they both fall into the wall, oh no <laughs> and And I'm just like looking at them, like, are you kidding me right now? And so she's like, dang, y'all scaring me? No. And I turn to Beyonce, I'm like, I am so sorry. They know not what they do. I was like, I am so sorry. And then I look at them and I'm like, get it together. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, people act like this when they see us. Get it together. Like that. And so. And so I turned back around and again, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. You know, would you still be willing to like take a picture with us? Because now they're like screwing it up. like They're like, they're like really screwing it up. And so she's like, yeah, you know, of course. So we, we all now they're in my photo, like they weren't supposed to be in my photo. But now we have like, I'd like crop them out of my picture. And so it's just like, it's just Beyonce and I. And then um, we all walked out together, so end up all of us ended up being on the service elevator together. But the the crazy thing is, um, you know, it's just like you never know when you come into situations like that, you never know what's going to happen. Like it, it's best to keep your cool because you really don't know what's going to happen. And they were and they were really nice people, but we made them feel uncomfortable. So if like they were. And what they don't realize, my two teammates, is what they don't realize is that we probably could have hung out with them for the rest of the night, you know, and like probably really got a chance to get to know them really well, because this was like pre babies, like they didn't, like they're probably gonna go out after, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and and if we were just like, oh, what's up? You know, we play for the Liberty. Why don't y'all come to get like like just just having a normal conversation with them could have led to us like probably getting their numbers hanging out and like doing some random stuff that like people dream about doing, but no, they acted like super fans. And that is my Beyonce, Jay-Z, Diddy, Kanye story.
0: That, uh, and just for the record, you just casually go into that story and you don't see me, but my eyes lit up. When you said Diddy Hove, and like, and like, you don't understand. See, I'm not necessarily the super fan, but for you to casually, you know, go into that story, for me, it's like, oh my God, I might have been one of your teammates.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's, it's like, you know, you just got to act like you've been there before. I right, mean, like, right. you know, like internally I was just like, "Oh shit." Like it, internally I'm I'm like that. I'm like, "Oh shit." Externally I'm like cool as a cucumber, you know, even when the first time I met um the my first interaction with Kobe was uh, the same exact way, like, you know, and he's you know, was one of my favorite athletes and and you know, we're just steadily having a conversation and then and you just never know if you don't ask. Right. You never know you just never know what's going to happen so I couldn't like I asked her for a picture but if they didn't do what they did I would have been like what are you guys doing tonight? You know what I mean? Like I probably would have set this whole thing up. To right. Like, <laughs> like oh alright you know you mind if we hang out? Like let's hang out. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. they would have been like yeah sure no problem. And this, and you so you never know if you don't ask and so like uh with Kobe it was like we're talking and we're in a situation like in a room um you know having a conversation and he has to go do interviews and I'm just like there's two things I asked him right then and there, you know on my fangirl stuff was just like hey can you sign this jersey and he's like yeah of course I can sign this jersey and I'm like sweet you know like you know what I mean So because our because our conversation was so good, I felt comfortable enough asking him that. Right. And then because our conversation was so good, I was just like, hey, I'm going to be in L.A. in two weeks. Like, let's reconnect. And he looks at me and he's like, "Okay, yeah. Yeah. Like you just you never know what's gonna happen if you don't ask. Yeah,
0: that's and that's absolutely true. Um, you know, my mom always told me closed mouths don't get fed. So facts. That's you know, that's definitely true. And your your journey is, is is very unique, right? Because I know you know you've had this this great career um at UConn and you had a great you know career and, and a great stint. In the WNBA, but I kind of want to get into to life after, Um, you know, I I understand that, you know, with injuries. um, You you were you weren't able to kind of, you know, find another um, team uh, within the WNBA. So you you sought out to look for other opportunities. Um, and when uh, when overseas um, didn't um, didn't come about, uh, you you moved into corporate America. So can you tell us a little bit about that transition and you know how you were able to persevere um, and and find your niche um, within corporate America, and then move into kind of kind of like you know your current position at Nike, in which you're a, a huge um, part of the Women in bas- uh the Women in Nike uh, campaign. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Uh, sure. So um, similarly to a lot of athletes, my um, career ended on an injury, unfortunately. And um, I had a really nasty uh, injury with my, um, to my hip and my ankle. I was having sciatic nerve issues where the pain would, um, originate in my hip and shoot down my leg. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, that was, that sucked. Um, to to say the least, it was just a really, um, it just sucked. And, you know, so my career was, you know, just pretty much over after that. Um, and I had to figure out what I was going to do. Like I bought a house, but I didn't have like any income coming in. So I had to get a job. Um and it was you know through some connections in my in my city, I ended up working at a bank um within a couple of years. I was the branch manager of a bank mm-hmm. um and we were making our goals and doing everything that we needed to do uh but i was I was just bored, and I felt like Pittsburgh was just suffocating me at the time and as that happened, you know, a friend of mine, Maria Conlin, who I played at UConn with uh She was like, hey, what's going on? Are you still in the finances? Like, what are you doing? You know, and I'm just like, I'm bored. Mm -hmm. And and so at the time, she was working at a financial planning firm called Barnum Financial Group. And so she was just like, you know, why don't you come up and interview? You know, there may be an opportunity for you here. uh, This, that, and the other. Um, So I went up there. Things went really well. Uh, I ended up becoming the director of new business development at the financial planning firm. So what that means is that I was, I would help develop strategies for advisors, um, to penetrate different markets that they were interested in. Okay. Um, so by doing that helped me introduce to an advisor who, um, to help, It introduced me to two advisors, and we have similar interests in wanting to help athletes. Um, and so I ended up moving to a smaller boutique firm, and we started a sports and entertainment division where we, you know, specifically look to help athletes, you know, WNBA, female athletes, male athletes. Um, so we wanted to do financial planning for them. Uh, by doing that, you know, you're just in the mix, talking to everybody, talking to different athletes, talking to different, um, advisors, you're talking to, um, parents, you're talking to coaches, you're talking to, I mean, you're just talking to everybody really.
0: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: um, you know, that really connected me back, uh, with the NBA and the people at the, at the league, at the WNBA, uh, with, so I ended up leaving the financial planning firm and going to work at the the NBA League offices, um, I did that for two years. Uh, my last position there, I was um, helping international students strategize how to come to the United States and play collegiately. Uh, so I would you know, help them with that process. Uh, it's, slight, it's slightly different than if you're in the States playing um, versus being out of the country and a, and a foreign student. Like It's just a different process. Um uh, so by doing that, I ended up, you know, talking to different people at Nike um, and I interned at Nike in college. So there were some people who were still there that I was just reconnecting with. And when this opportunity came about, it was just one of those things that, um, you know, it was like, okay, now I can expand and learn different things um, that I, I necessarily wouldn't get previewed to at the NBA. Um, so it, it's been, uh, it's been pretty cool. So I work in brand Jordan and I do, I manage the pro the sneaker process and kids, um, women's and 23 engineering. Uh, and then, and it's a great time. It's a lot, of, it's a really fast paced industry. You know, I thought the NBA was fast paced cause it, you know, you literally go from like event to event to event, right. NBA. And, um, and it's nonstop, you know, so, but then here at Nike, you're just working on things all the time and things that are further out, you know, it could be like three years out, you're working on stuff now. And, um, so it's, it's, you know, something that I like to call it, a the high speed train in Europe, okay. you're trying to you're trying to like double dutch and see like when you should jump in, when you should jump in. <laughs> right. So So it's just, you know, people are just like, you know, Ash, it's gonna take some time. And and I, and I'm not necessarily the most patient person in the world. So this is definitely like teaching me patience and teaching me, um, you know, there's just a lot to learn before I can fully, you know, feel, you know, really great about everything. So it's, but it's it's been great thus far, and I'm happy to have a uh, joint Nike. It's great to work at a company where, you know, they value athletes. And, you know, there's, oftentimes you'll hear, you know, athletes who have played professionally for a long time, oh, well, you don't have any work experience. And, you know what I mean? And that's just not true. Right. You know, we, we probably have the most work experience and the best work experience known to mankind. You know, it's just a matter of we don't necessarily know how to articulate that onto paper. Um, But, you know, the things that we learned through sports is just is very transferable into corporate America. You know, that's I think that's why a lot of a lot of kids are are going into corporate America because they want companies, want people who have a high drive, a high motor you know, selfless, you know, they want to win, you know, all those things that you learn through sports, you know, it makes for great execs. Absolutely. Um, so, so I, Nike, Nike realizes that they realize that, you know, they're, you know, the woman division um, that I'm in is, is a growing um, market and I have, uh, you know, direct influence on, on, on the outcome of that. So, which is pretty cool.
0: That is awesome. And to go back, um, just quickly, I I did an interview um, my last episode with Maria Terza, and she oh, oh, that's my homie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like she she told me about her experience. Um, so I, I do want to know, like, is that how you guys um, met uh, when you guys were at the league office working um, for? Yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah. So Maria and I worked directly together actually uh in international division um we um i would go before i moved to their divisions i would go um on trips with them like i went to mexico tokyo uh and just you know looking at talent and you know just you know, seeing if we would be a good fit pretty much. And um, like Maria and I still talk pretty regularly. That's the homie. I'm happy that she's going back overseas to play, uh, that she has that opportunity to do so. Um, and, you know, she's she's a really good friend of mine. I'm happy that we were able to, uh, you know, meet, link, and, and continue to have a relationship. That That's awesome.
0: Um, and I promise you that degree of separation right there, like, I, I love it because actually, you know, I both, uh, I met both of you, you know, via Clubhouse and that platform has definitely reached, um, you know, a very, a very good and growing audience. So, you know, I'm blessed to to have met y'all on that um, platform. And I tell you, you know, your story is is incredible because it shows you that, you know, as long as you persevere... You know, one door could shut, but then there's another door opening right up for you. And it's going to be up to you to to take advantage of that. So I, I really appreciate, you know, you coming on and, and telling us your story. Now, I'm telling you, I'm going to promote the mess out of that, uh, out of that Kanye, <laughs> Diddy and Hove and Beyonce
1: story. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know <laughs> about all that. but. Let's, let's let the people let's let the people have a nice surprise when they hear what happened I got you Cause, <laughs> cause it's, it's, I, I bet you I bet you if even if they like I bet you if Beyonce if that story got to her I bet you she would remember it. <laughs> I bet you she would remember it she'd probably be like oh yeah I remember those girls were crazy and you know, I'd be like no those two over there were crazy I I was completely sane." yeah
0: Listen, I was the cool one. Those two over there, I don't know, but I was the right. cool one.
1: <laughs> I I hope I get a chance to interact with them again. <laughs> so I can so I can like retell them this story and just be like, I am so sorry, <laughs> and just apologize again because they were. And it and it's really funny. It's actually really funny because, um, so I'm on a Zoom call and one of the other one of my other teammates who who whose knees buckled and she fell into my teammate and they fell into the wall yeah uh (laughs) uh-huh so we're we're on a zoom together and she's also a part of the nike win program and uh you know and people were just like you know you're doing all these different intros and you're meeting people and it's just like you know what you know what's something that you have we don't know about you and i was like i have a great story (laughs) I have a great story between like me and this other person. And so I'm telling the story and people are just laughing hysterically. And by the time I got, by the time I got done and they're kind of looking at her for like a response, she's just like, all of it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Like she has. she was just like, and that's all true. Like everything she said happened. Like it's like it's not even, it's not even close. But yeah, it was it was definitely a great story and, um, you know, fun oh, time for sure.
0: So. I just want, I just want, uh, just want to ask one more thing Um, to our listeners out there. Is there anything you would like to tell them, you know, even, you know, based off of your story, is there anything that you want to tell them to help encourage them, you know, just move forward with things that they may feel like they're discouraged about?
1: Um, you know, I, I, so I was just, uh, earlier today I was on Instagram and like the story of Kobe came up and how, like. You know, I thought, I thought it was really inspirational. Um, it was, he was talking about how he had to learn to just keep going and to keep moving forward. And no matter what the circumstances were, no matter how he felt, he had to put one foot in front of the other and continue to grow and continue to learn. And if, and if that's one thing that I try to rest my head on, um, that's something that I do rest my head on is just continuing to learn, continuing to grow and put one foot in front of the other, and things will work out.
0: And there you have it. I want to thank Ashley Battle for, you know, just taking some time um, out with me. Um, I, I know that you're uh, very busy, and I'm, I'm blessed and gracious um, to have uh, this time with you. Um, so I am going to go ahead and wrap this up. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been. Hoopers Unhailed. Once again, I am your host, K. Dot. And as I say every week, peace and love to everybody out there. Peace out. Thank you. <laughs> thank- and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another Unhailed Hooper, another story told. I personally would like to thank Ashley Battle for her time and her presence. Now, I'm off to the next city. Gotta hop on another flight. In the meantime, in between time, This is K-Dot signing off, saying peace and love to everybody out there. Three, two, one, fire. It's a Capital Flavor production.
1: You...